0: Welcome back to the Team Ghana U podcast, by sites where you receive news, updates, discussion and everything significant football and Ghana related. As always, I want you, the listeners, to be actively involved by tweeting or emailing us for discussion or wanting more information. Hi guys, Um, yeah, we're just going to get rocking and rolling. Um, Just found myself involved in a conversation with um, Zico Forbes. Um, I'll allow him to introduce himself, obviously, very, very shortly. Um, He's someone who I've coached with for, uh, not necessarily coached with, but Well, yeah, we can say coach with, but kind of coached alongside in some some capacity capacity, yeah, Yeah, for for many years. So I think it was a pleasure. Well, I was very, very happy to actually get him on the podcast. But also what I wanted to touch upon was um, I was on your brother's podcast probably a good month or two months ago. And I think there were a number of interesting things that we discussed, I think, on there. And I guess the things that we discussed were, or maybe, not even discussed, but the, th- the one thing I do remember or taken away from the conversation was, I said that I felt an African side will win the World Cup within the next, I think, 20 years. When I actually walked away from there, yeah. I thought to myself, that was a bit hopeful. All right? But... and I, I,
1: Sorry, bro, I think Pele made that prediction about maybe 20 years ago. Sorry, bringing that
0: closer to you? Yeah. Bring it closer to you? Wait, speak? Yep. I don't know why I can't hear you. Um. Wait, bring, bring the... You hear me now? Um, hey. Um, oh, that's not, sorry. You're
1: four, that's why. Go on, speak. Yeah. Superb,
0: yeah. sorry. So apologies if you didn't hear him beforehand. Okay.
1: Yeah, Keep yeah, on. yeah. There's a lot of parallels between me and Andrew and the paths that we've gone down, football coaching. Obviously, we went to the same high school, played for the same uh, team, sanger when we were young. And obviously, we've we've uh, gone into coaching and uh, our Our academies were in the same league. We played against uh, each other, managed against each other. And yeah, here we are now. Here we are now. Um,
0: What I want... I mean, this is kind of a bit... Well, kind of a short episode, but uh, there's a number of things I kind of wanted to touch upon. I guess, obviously, with the World Cup finishing, um, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on based. Yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts based on the World Cup. How did you feel the World Cup was for yourself?
1: Strange. Felt strange for me, the World Cup not being in the summer. Because, you know... As you're growing up as a kid And you can't wait till the season's over Because you know it's World Cup year And it's just It just felt strange It being in the summer Because you're just thinking Like This is really different You know This is during mid-season um, How is this going to pan out? But I think it ended up being A really good tournament To be honest with you Because um I felt like the players were fitter
0: that's interesting, a very good take. Yeah,
1: I mean, because they're, they're already in their season and, you know, sometimes when you finish a season after a long season, drawn-out season, the players are tired and then they have to get their fitness up again, but they're already kind of in the motion and uh, I thought it turned out to be a really good tournament. I did. Of, a lot of good, exciting games, um, lots of surprises, as there always, always is, but, yeah, some shock results... And it's quite unpredictable But yeah Very happy with it
0: For me I mean I don't know what your thoughts are Or where you'd rank it But for me I think it was probably My best World Cup I think it was my best World Cup And the reason why I say that Is because As you mentioned before I think there were a lot of Shocking surprises um, I don't know if the teams were As good as they What we know them to be As in like I know Argentina were the Were the winners In the end and if I'm honest, I thought they'll win it from the very beginning. And even after they lost their first game, I thought they'll go on to win it. Um, I just felt, and I heard someone talk about this: Argentina went straight into knockout football. After losing the first game, they had to win the next game, had to win the next game, and then from there, obviously, because you go into the last 16, it's knockout football from from there on in. So I felt Argentina had some form of um of a rhythm, and also I guess I don't want to say in my in my time in Argentina because I, I backpack, but. I knew from the very, very beginning, based on previous World Cups, and I don't know if people want to go back and do their research, Argentinian fans travel are as good as anyone when it comes to traveling. If you can go back to, I can't remember France 98, two, I can't remember 2002, that'd be a lie. 2006, they were there in a mob in Germany. They mob-handed in Germany. Yeah, in Germany. yeah. Um, I'm not too sure about 2010. Argentin- sorry, in 2014, mob-handed. Mm-hmm. 2018 in Russia, mob-handed. No, honestly, Mob Handed and this World Cup, I think they took the most fans. I think that was recognised they travelled the best this time around. Um but that's something I've always known. So once the game So once they once they kind of got into their their stride in that second game, you could see, yes, of course it's eleven v eleven, but it was always going to be there's always going to be a 12th man. Mm. Usually English fans travel well, where many English fans this time around or certainly in comparison to yesteryear or previous tournaments. And the same would go for many other nations as well. But for me, as to tournaments, if I was ranking them, like I'm comparing this to what would be maybe World Cup 98. World Cup 98 for me was my big introduction into World Cup football. I remember World Cup 94. Yeah. But World Cup 98 was my, I remember this very, very well. Mm. Um, and if I'm drawing comparisons between the two, I think there was good football. I like to believe there was good football at World Cup 98. I know people sometimes um, kind of like turn their nose up at it in some respect, but there were some real memorable moments in 98. Yeah, definitely. Uh, real memorable yeah. moments. But I think this time around, I know 2018 was fantastic, but I didn't watch too much of that. Yeah. But this World Cup for me had some decent football, but had fantastic moments. So for me, this is probably the most exciting World Cup, I think, in my lifetime. Because ult- uh, maybe ultimately... I think I got what I wanted. And yeah, I'm going to say it because I know not many people um, kind of, of of the, should I say it? Yeah, I mean, because of some of the, the racial um, things that I've come with, um, Argentina in some respect right. Over the past yeah. month or so I'll say longer But we'll go past month or so mm-hmm. Some people have not wanted Argentina Argentina, Argentina to win right. But I've wanted Messi to win For a very very long time
1: yeah,
0: yeah. And for that debate to be I mean for me The eye test does it all But I mean I've wanted that debate To be finished for a very very long yeah. time yeah. So I'm quite happy In that respect And not that I don't want to talk about The World Cup in general not that I don't want to talk about the World Cup in general, but I actually want to talk about the World Cup for what would be um, some of the African sides and how well they did. Because I think there are a number of things, um number of subtopics or subjects to be discussed with the performances that took place in this tournament. Um, but yeah, what are your views on, I don't know, some of the African sides who perform in this tournament?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't, to be honest, I wasn't surprised that... Um how the African teams performed uh, I, I t- Actually Let me take that back Morocco I I didn't expect them To get that far mm-hmm. um, Because I didn't I don't know how well they did In the African Cup It just went But they weren't really talked about Not much You know And um, They started To build momentum And I think how they used to they were playing, playing as a good unit, very organized, and everything else like that. They were able to shock a few teams, but um, yeah, I I was with Senegal. I I think they were the team that I expected them to go really far uh, because of them winning the African Cup this year. But obviously, the thing what happened with Mane, who was their star player, that that hurt them a little bit. Mm And I thought for the first 15-20 minutes against England England looked kind of shook I, I really thought because they were pressuring them And everything else like that I'm thinking there could be a shock on here There could be a real shock on But I think when England got the first goal It's just that their heads just went down And that was it I felt like whoever got their first goal in that game Went, went on to win because I really thought they were really like Maguire Stones. They were really kind of shaken up out the pace and the pressing and everything else like that. So I, I was disappointed about that, that you know the way that game ended because I I thought after the first half now it would be a tight game, but it ended up being a comfortable win in the end. But Morocco, The North African side, they did really well, really well, and I think what they maybe lacked against France was just someone. A really prolific striker Someone to just really Hurt them Hurt France the French But It just shows you Like you know If, you, if you're if you organised And if you play Well as a unit You can get far Any team can get far
0: I would agree with that actually um, I was going to I think you've um, <clears throat> I think you've said that Very very well um, And I was trying to think No sorry I was thinking about The Senegalese game I actually missed Part of the first half So mm-hmm. I don't have Much of a take But what you said Has been echoed everywhere, mm. as to um, if Senegal scored the first goal, the game would have looked completely different. Yes. But at the same time, there was a bit of a naivety as to Senegal and as to they got drawn into a yeah, game. Caught to on which,
1: and yeah, caught like so the Yeah, so I've heard
0: that. So I'm going to actually go back and watch that this evening. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be really, really interesting for me. Um, the other African sides that we'll talk about Ghana probably last, but I was really impressed with Algeria. Well, I, I, again, we're talking about travelling well. I thought the Algerians travelled very well. Yeah. And yes, it might have been eleven eleven on the pitch. Mm. But they they felt like there was a twelfth man against yeah. I think Denmark, against they're in France's group as well. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so they beat France. No, they drew No, yeah. They, was it Tunisia or No, we're talking about Tunisia.
1: Yeah. Sorry, apologies. Tunisia so beat France in the last group game. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking it about Algeria. Yeah, it didn't mean nothing. Um yeah, yeah. I mean, France, they put out a weakened side because they, they already had qualified. qualified by winning their first two games. But still, it's still on paper that they they beat France, who were world champions at the time. So, again, it's another, uh, you know, it's it's great for the African side. It's, it's more the North African sides that have done really well. In this tournament, yeah. Yeah, yeah rather than honest. the West. And, you know, the West, Senegal, were the, the African champions. But, um you say that word naivety, I don't like that. Okay, so, so no, no. <laughs> because Wait, it, correct, it's got slurs, me. it's got like, it, you know, because that this is the stigma. Oh, do uh, you know? So very quickly, um, right, so I, I'm glad you're going to correct me. Right,
0: I've taken those words from somewhere else.
1: Right, uh, so, um, so please do correct me. It's not about correcting you. Um, I just wouldn't like to use that word because it. it it's like I said it's, I feel like it's got a stigma attached to it Like African teams They don't know about football They, You know then They haven't got the, the knowledge Or thing All they got is pace and power But they don't know how to play And yeah, it's to be easy to break them down And things like that So that word naivety Is like you're trying to Not saying you per se But it's like It's a word like trying to undermine them That they're not up to everyone else's level I would agree Yeah Whereas the North African sides done well But the West African sides—that That's what I'm saying It's got that Kind of stigma Attached to it That's why I I just don't like To use that word Um So yeah Yeah Uh When when we look back On sides That have done well Obviously Senegal I thought they They had a good tournament You know Regardless of the England result I thought they They did well They showed How dangerous That they can be Um and I just want to touch on Ghana now because
0: I'm glad you said that yeah. because um so you said something that made me think okay brilliant I want to talk some, talk about something else but right. I think it's important we talk about Ghana as well yeah. <clears throat> and I don't know if I've said this in the previous podcast yeah I did say this in the previous podcast so Ghana went into the tournament and there was a lot of criticism on the the team itself because of the struggles to qualify mm. and. Let's say the recent upheaval in regards to there's been, I think, changes two or three times in management over the past 18 months. Yeah, so we didn't go into the tournament, um, with like strong foundations, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. And actually, Otto Addo, if you look back now in hindsight, and I guess you could kindly see, ki- kind of see it, he was trying to make changes, right? Bringing younger players, all that type of stuff. And if you look back, maybe you look back, it was world cup was only a week ago, Ghana had the youngest side in the tournament, okay? So I think it's a great stat. Mm. Ultimately, you need to build upon that. Mm. But he only been in charge for about say six, seven months. Mm. There's only so much you can do. So he brought Garner through the the playoff game against Nigeria. Fantastic. He won that game. He brought through some, not brought through, but he was beginning to work with some backroom staff. So you're talking about oh my god, I forgot his name. Um, manager who, who was the manager at Brighton? Uh, sorry, Chris Hughton. Right. Chris Hughton yeah. and also um, George Boateng as well. Okay. So he was beginning to work yeah. with those individuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who knows what would have went on to take place obviously with the Ghanaian, Ghanaian national side so mm-hmm. he's, he's resigned since uh, so a lot of changes um, have happened and before the World Cup and now after mm-hmm. so my expectations going into the tournament weren't as um, maybe strong as other people's so maybe people were just looking for a great showing for me for as long as Ghana um, put up some form of some form of a fight or were competitive in regards to qualifying I would have been very very happy the fact that we went into the last game and potentially could have not top the group, but could have went through. Like I'm very, very happy with the, the way the performance, or the way things panned out in the final game. I'm not too pleased with it because I felt a bit naive. Sorry. Have you used that word again?
1: (laughs) This is the thing. This is the thing. The expectation. Why can't you have the expectation that Ghana should qualify? Now, who did they have in their group? Uruguay, South um, Korea, South Korea, and Portugal, and Portugal. I don't think Portugal like, I don't want to
0: Too much about so, Portugal
1: so, so, so really If you asked a, a South Korean fan Do you expect to qualify From that group With Portugal Uruguay and Ghana They wouldn't have That expectation To qualify But they did they Japan did, yeah. qualified Now for me Ghana They should be They've got A, a, a lot of European based players They should be Having that expectation They should, Definitely ahead of South Korea To qualify So why not? But it was the mental aspect In the last game And this is what I'm saying Football is about moments Fine moments we, we could talk about the Harry Kane penalty miss or, But that thing about Who was the guy that missed the penalty for, for Ghana Against it you Are right? you Right This is what I'm talking about This is the mental aspect Belief It was an awful penalty There yep. was like no conviction in it whatsoever And it was just like when he missed, you just knew that they weren't going to win and weren't going to qualify. Sorry, and that's
0: the, so that is probably the reason why I use the word. I'll use it again, and I want to try and find a replacing word for it in the yeah. future going forward. You
1: don't have to. I just, I'm just saying I don't like that word because I know about the attachment. No, but I think yeah. I've, I'm now yeah. going to think yeah. about that. So yeah. I'll
0: use it for the, hopefully for the last yeah, time. Yeah, so yeah. I felt we were naive. And the reason why I say that is because I felt we went chasing a game we didn't need to chase. Right we no. were ahead of uruguay uruguay yeah. needs to come to us yes we didn't need to go chase them mm-hmm. portugal and south korea i mean you're hoping portugal will do you a favor yeah all right so really we're in the box seat in terms of qualifying right and we've got speed merchants got a half decent player i don't want to say half decent player but i've got a decent player in Yuki williams who can who should be able to hold the ball up etc yes. etc et yeah. et bring people into play yeah so actually i think the cards are on out or the chips are on our side of the desk okay so I didn't think we need to go chasing the game. And I mm. felt that's what we did very, very early. Mm. And I felt we got drawn into a game, like a back and forth, a basketball game. Mm. That was fantastic mm. for um, for Suarez, for what's the other one? Um, Place for Liverpool, the 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 front man, I forget his name now, Darwin Nunes. Yeah. Like they fed off that. Yeah. And ultimately that's the reason why I think they went on to win their game. They were mm. able to counter-attack Ghana. And once they got in front, I thought the game was yeah, over. Yeah. The game was over. But there. you
1: know... If, the penalty, if you scored that penalty, the momentum would have been reviewed. I 100%. Would, have, would have said that you would have won the game. 100%. 100%. I guess, like, um, there's a couple of things I
0: want to discuss. So just very, very quickly, um, we've got an article coming out, I think, um, who knows, actually, maybe on Christmas Day, because this drops on, on the Sunday. So hopefully we've got an article coming out on Christmas Day. I do need to look over it. Um, as in regards to the FIFA documentary. So I don't know if anyone's watched it any way before. My intention is to watch it. Um, I know it probably uncovers a lot of what took place... Um, um, in this World Cup In terms of how it was won mm. um, The bid was won Etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. Ultimately it was a fantastic World Cup um, Yeah fantastic World Cup In yeah, terms was, of um, yeah. um, Organisation etc cetera, etc cetera, etc So hopefully Actually I have no idea What the article actually um, Involves if I'm honest I haven't even read the article yet mm. It's been presented to me And I think I just want to And put it out there In some way shape or form But I will look at it But I think it'll be interesting To go over that article Probably actually in the next Episode in some way shape or form So I think I'll definitely do that And Hopefully I can look back at the article with a bit of hindsight in regards to what took place over the World Cup because the article was based on the documentary. But what I want to do very, very quickly before we actually finish up in some way, shape or form is we spoke about how the African sides did in the tournament, which we've said they've done very, very well. Yeah. Would you say above expectation or below? I don't want to use below, but do you know what I mean? Above expectation or on
1: expectation? For me, it's on expectation because I just don't see why... Like it, it, I'm not shocked about Morocco or whatever And I wouldn't have been shocked if the African team got to the semi-final I wouldn't have been You know, we see, we've see we seen Asian teams do it in the past I remember yeah. South Korea and things like that There's no reason why they shouldn't Because when you look at the quality of players that they have And things like that And you think about what the location they're playing The climate and everything else like that It could suit them Other little, little things that might benefit them I, I, yeah I, I don't see so I just think it's on expectation I wasn't overly shocked um that and African side got to a semi final not overly shocked I didn't think it would be Morocco but yeah
0: cool we have another say 5 minutes or so so there's a couple of things that I wanted to cover um okay so you said something I forgot specifically what it was but what I wanted to say was I think based on this World Cup and maybe even previous World Cups I think what we've seen is not that it's easy to win a tournament, but I think if you have, um, um, I don't want to call it a method. That's, I think, an easy word of using, but I think if you're very, very clear with your objectives in terms of how you're playing, et cetera, et cetera, yes. I think you can get through tournament football and tournament right. football is about winning. And I think yeah. what Morocco proved and I think what, I'm trying to think of another side who made it to the, to the court final or to the, Um, anyway what Morocco proved Mm. is they had a very very good method and way of playing and Mm. I think it worked for them Mm -hmm. played very very good football I think were very very strong in terms of the low block etc etc and were able to get through teams and were able to hold out if need be Right, and I think that's a fantastic demonstration an example of a way of winning a tournament Denmark did it in the previous Euros I think it was Mm. and I think there's other examples as well Italy I mean we can go on forever and a day in regards to examples of teams um, um, having a a style of play and winning a tournament right i think what i want to discuss very very quickly is the now myth for me and i'm going to call it a myth that there are weaker sides in the tournament because i think what we've seen now in this tournament and going back to even 2002 with south korea and japan sorry is that asian teams all right the myth that they're i don't want to say poor i want to use the word poor there might be another word that they're not good or not good enough for me, that disappears. I think South Korea played some good football in that yeah, tournament yeah. and were unfortunate to go out. Yeah, They went out, didn't they? Yeah, they... Wait, wait. wait, wait. Who went out? No, South Korea went through. Yeah. It was Portugal and South Korea. Right. South Korea, I think, played very, very well in the tournament, certainly in the game against Ghana. I thought they were a little unfortunate not to get anything from the game. Mm-hmm. So they did very, very well in the tournament. Japan, I think, went through, didn't they?
1: Yeah, and they lost some penalties. Their penalties were poor. Again, yeah, they did. Yeah. So, th- again, it's just... You know, they, a, a team could... For tournament football, it's like Guy of Southgate. He sets his teams up well. He's done well in tournaments. He sets them up well. But what gets you over like the line is is moments and the mental aspect of it, and just things like missing penalties. That's to do with your your mental. It's a mental thing, isn't it? It is. Like the the uh, penalty that Ghana missed, uh, the Japan penalty shootout was so poor. Did they miss three out of five or something? Something like that. Yeah, yeah really poor penalties. Not even hit with any conviction. No self-belief They might be able to Hold out teams And have a system And outright them But it, it That's what I'm saying Football's about moments It's you've got to be Mentally strong It's like Messi This tournament I, I've criticised him In the past Because he lost Three finals in a row I said he can't be Called the greatest If he loses Three finals in a world row He lost Copa America final After he missed The penalty In the shootout That's not showing Great character Being a great player Is like you know, doing it in the right moments Like Zidane did You you could rely on him to come pull you through I think Messi missed one penalty in this tournament But when the, it mattered, he scored them So he's shown that sort of greatness Harry Kane You know, him missing that penalty against France It's not acceptable You know, that's England is always like Oh, we are unlucky, blah, blah, blah But... It's always the same old story. They bottle it every time. There's a mental problem with these players. He's a striker. He shouldn't be hitting a penalty over the bar. I don't care if it's two-in-one game, psychological thing. You need to be mentally strong and just score. On to the myths. So you spoke about
0: Asian sides. Yeah. I think that's beginning to disappear. Yeah. On African sides, I think this tournament, I think I like to believe in some way, shape or form. People are now beginning to, Look at African sides a little bit differently. Yes. Ghana, I think... Yeah, I know some people are a bit disappointed with the way Ghana performed. Mm. In the main, I'm happy with the way we performed. Because right. I think there's there's foundation for... There's foundation going forward. Yes. Um, Senegal, we're unfortunate... Sorry, they perform well, but we're unfortunate we didn't see Mane. We didn't see a few other players. yeah. yeah. I think there's foundation going forward. Mm-hmm. So I think the perception that African sides are poor or not as good as other sides, I think is beginning to disappear. And sorry, the perception that there are easy games... In the, in the tournaments mm. That is gone We saw yeah. that with Saudi Arabia Yeah And there's someone else We saw that with as well You know despite the fact Qatar didn't Really lay a punch on anyone Yeah I've seen them before And they play pretty football And although the pretty football Didn't get them far in this mm. tournament mm. They can play Yeah So for yeah. me The myths So the big thing for me In this tournament Is that The myth That there are poor sides Or easy games Is beginning to disappear Yep And I'm really really happy about that oh, Yeah
1: I am It's just It just goes to show you Like I said If you set up well You've got a good system you could give any team trouble. And we saw that Saudi Reba beating Argentina the first game. Japan beating Germany. I lost money on that. I thought Germany would thrash them. They beat them the first game. Thank you. Uh, but th- the only difference is those teams, small teams doing that. It's just having those big characters in the right moments to just get you over the line. But it just shows you that, they, you know, they scared a few teams. So, yeah, it was a good tournament. It it was probably one of the best tournaments I've I've watched. Uh, France 98 has a lot of good memory for me because of the generational players that were there. There were so many great players in every nation. The only thing that let me down about France 98 was the final because it wasn't competitive and all the drama that happened with Ronaldo. So it's a bit of a sad ending. And this final was probably one of the best World Cup finals that I've witnessed.
0: I was going to say something. That's it. Before my last little topic... It was on, you mentioned South Korea. Oh, you don't, you said something, You didn't. I'm sorry, I'm not quoting you verbatim, but you said something as to why should South Korea have higher expectations than Ghana or something along those lines? Or why do they have, why is there more belief that South Korea can qualify ahead of Ghana or something along those yes, lines? Yes, yeah. And I think what I wanted to point out, and I've mentioned this um, in previous episodes and in previous articles, in lead up to the tournament, I did one, two, I think three articles based on what what is taking place in South Korea that puts them in a position to... Um, move forward mm. in this World Cup, whether it's qualifying, etc., etc. Yeah. The same with Uruguay. What's allowed them to develop another generation of players? Portugal. What's allowed them to develop another generation of players? Mm-hmm. So I I'd, I'd like to draw these sort of contrasts so we can actually look at what they're doing and then what we are or what we aren't doing in Ghana. If that makes any if that makes any sense. And I yeah. guess we're so, sorry. I'm hoping to bring on people from all those countries, by the way. Mm. So like what. One, so a factor in South Korea is, I don't know, I don't want to say they have money, but they have money. So they're able to develop players, bring in coaches from, from all around the world, yeah. coaching there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The same for Qatar, the same for Saudi, Saudi Arabia, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Portugal, they've got like really good infrastructure in regards to developing players. They've got yes. very good culture in regards to developing players. Yeah, yeah. These are things that have held them instead for many, 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 many a year. Mm. So these are things I wanted to touch on very, very briefly. Um, based on what you said and these are things that I want to uncover over the next couple of months i got someone I know someone who I coached alongside actually who's now at come on Braga um, Is that yeah, Sporting yeah, Braga yeah, Portugal, so yeah. he's been there for a number of years now he used to coach in this country so I'm hoping to get him on very very soon and I'm hoping to get someone on from Uruguay to get some in, intel in regards to that in regards to their country and how they do things but the same thing South Korea because I want to hear things from I can tell people things but I want these things to come from the horse's mouth yeah Last thing before we finish, because we have probably, i say, two, three minutes. Okay. So, I saw an article from Forbes, and this came from Otto Addo himself, which- um, I wasn't
1: me. It wasn't me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, this yeah, came yeah. from Forbes, and yeah. I'm a little
0: bit upset. So, I'm a little bit disappointed that he resigned, but um, to the article, it said, sorry, the title was, World Cup 2022 was a success for African coaches. Otto Addo says it's just the start. Now- well, he pretty much says the same. It's mm. just the b- very beginning. And I'm glad this came out. And this article is from Robert Kidd. And I'll actually read this article in full later on today, if not tomorrow. And I probably um, encourage others to do the same as well, just to understand the context of what was said. Yeah. Now, I actually do believe it's the very, very beginning for African coaches in that the Morocco coach did, In fact, no, sorry. For the first time, I think, I think all the coaches were African from the African sides. Because we were talking about and um, the guy with long hair, the French guy. Yeah, so I what got happened? his name,
1: Hervey Renard. So he, I, so he coached Saudi Arabia. He Oh, so we yeah, got that. Yeah, same. yeah, that was it. I thought it was African side. But yeah, he got Saudi Arabia beating Argentina. So he's a foreign coach. He's he's won the African Cup with uh Ivory Coast and he won with Zambia. Amazing. Which was a, a, a great achievement because Zambia and in, in the African Cup they're like I think it was first, isn't yeah, it? that was their 1st Yeah, that was the first. So, I did
0: research on that. So,
1: you know, he's a foreign coach and he's he, he was able to do that.
0: So my thing on this article in that is the first... Sorry, it's only the very, very beginning. And the reason why I said this, and unfortunately we can only talk about this for a few minutes, but I guess the reason why I took to this article was because in recent years we've seen a number of the diaspora actually playing in whether it's France, Germany, Italy, etc., cetera, etc. And they're now coming to the forefront. And I believe that happens because there's... Um, I mean, ultimately, you're developing the coaches. Mm. You're developing the coaches and they're now developing the talent. But yeah. in regards to, um, let me be honest and blunt, in regards to black coaches, I think sometimes it becomes very, very difficult for us to actually receive the education in regards to coaching right. and then receive those posts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Hence, I think we're behind the players in mm-hmm. regards to the positioning. Whereas I think it should be the coaches ahead in terms of education and the players follow. Yeah. But that's not the case in regards to where we currently stand Yeah The coaches are now Coming through Whereas the players Have been coming through For a good generation Not generation But now be I mean look at the France side It was Les Noirs Les Noirs, Um, The final <laughs> Yeah you know, at one point yeah. You know what I'm
1: saying Yeah because someone Mentioned uh, France They ended the game With all black players Apart from Hugo Lloris goal. Someone had to just uh, Mention that But so when you think About it technically Most of these black players In France They come from an African background Don't they They do yeah So <laughs> Who should they be playing for? I don't know. you know. That, so that is another conversation and that's not yeah. a conversation
0: I'm running from. I do believe at some given point um, things will change. And I think this is just probably the first or second phase in what is taking place. I've got no, I don't want to say I have a problem or I don't have a problem. I'm mm. comfortable with people representing country of their birth or, or the yeah. or country of, yeah. I've got no problem with that. I do believe at some given point there'll be a domino effect and people will start representing their countries. I think Ghana would be the beneficiary of this. I've wrote articles on this type of stuff, and I think Ghana should actually try to benefit from these type of systems. And I feel if you if we do our research in yeah. terms of having databases and making contact with these players, yeah. their parents, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, we will go on to develop players and have a, a very, very good national yeah. side. In regards to coaches, I think that is where it's at. And I think if we actually focus our attention on those type of things and the education, I think the players will follow. That's yeah, why I do yeah. believe,
1: and and this is the thing I like to see: Ghana, Senegal, you know, Nigeria the, the having their own coaches from their own background. Because although this guy, Hervey Renards, he's done well, he's coached African teams and all that. I think, like I say about stigma, they just see it as, oh, well, they were only successful because they had a French European coach. That's how they're going to see it. They're not going to see it as you know. They won because they had a coach from their own background it's because they had him and he's he's european he he's he helped them get you know over the line so yeah uh, this is what i i want to see just um African coaches from their own country just just coaching their teams and um just 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 to it because it to me it was significant for, like the the development of the nation rather than get a foreign coaching he's got no identity with them you know
0: and i'm gonna add the podcast on this note like <clears throat> change is really really important and i think it's really really important that we understand that we have to be the we have to be the change that we want to see so this podcast whether the title will be ending the myth or a world cup review etc cetera, etc cetera, i do believe the myth that um african sides or sides in general in the world cup are poor i don't think you're going to have any more easy games but in regards to the article as to this being the beginning of um, of, of good coaches or African coaches, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera, um, Yes, this is the very, very beginning. Yes. And I think we'll go on to see um, great coaches in years to come. And Otto Addo, like many other coaches who have come before him, have, have opened the door. And hopefully this will be the, the floodgate for yeah. many, many a great player, many a great coach to, um, to come after them. Um, but yeah. Watch this space. Thank you. Watch yeah. this space. That's it for this week's episode. We'll be posting as usual via social media, keeping up with the stories that unfold in the coming weeks. As always, if you've any questions or queries, email us at teamghaneu at gmail.com or tweet or DM us at you on IG or Twitter. Thank you. Take care. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.